powered regionally by Bet River Party and course, Poker uh, at Dunkin' Donuts. With our now, guys, here's John, John McMullen. McMullen. Rich Quinone is here on a Saturday. You know Johnny Mac. He's already disheveled. We're getting ready to talk about <laughs> potentially another Eagles lost. Uh, I we think we are getting st- ready to talk about a loss, Rich, because I, I don't even think – I think this is a glorified <laughs> preseason game. <laughs> well, look at the line. It went from 7.5 to 9.5. Uh, listen, is it just – and again, everyone, it's a Saturday, obviously. We'll take you up to 11 o'clock. Johnny Mack and myself got a great guest coming on as well uh, later on in the program. Always the Eagles coverage, the Eagles insight from the best in the biz, Johnny Mack. And, uh, you know, listen, if, it's, if you're looking at the calendar and it's the 17th of October down the shore and you're an Eagles fan, you're starting to think to yourself, oh, boy, 1-3-1, one, and one, walking wounded, issues with the defense. Now you're taking on a Ravens team that, for all uh, intents and purposes, is a much available vastly uh, much better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I alluded to, John, this line went from 7.5 to about 9.5 now because of some of these injuries. Yeah, I mean, seven players ruled out on Friday by the Eagles, and that's rare. They try to play these uh, gamesmanship, uh, uh, competitive advantage type things, which I think is way overrated. But that's where I get to this point. Like, I don't even sit and look at this game because I do think the Baltimore Ravens are, are a top five talented team in this league top five level roster i think this team is a significant super bowl contender if lamar jackson can kind of figure out his playoff issues but that's for them down the road i think if you look at the Eagles' schedule and what's coming up after the ravens you kind of steady yourself could balance itself out is what yeah. you're saying well, and, and and the fact that it's three straight weeks against NFC East foes. You, you got the two Giants games sandwiched between uh, sandwiching the Dallas Cowboys game. Uh, if the Eagles can get right and get going in the right direction and just gain some confidence, we're starting to talk about moral victories, Rich Q. Moral victories. If they can stay in this game, if they can prove some things to themselves, if Travis Fulgham can say, I'm not a one-hit wonder. If they can just start getting a little more consistency on the offensive line, Lane Johnson's ruled out. Can they get him right for that NFC East run? I think that's what this week's about, persevering, building up some confidence. Because i got to tell you, it, it, you know, I often talk about the NFL is not college football. Everybody can beat everybody uh, if, if something goes wrong on a particular game day. I can't see, Rich, many paths to victory this week. And that's understanding the Ravens are coming here. But there's no more home field advantage. There's going to be about 5,500 fans. Who cares? And the Ravens have a very good defense. We know they have offensive weapons. I'm more concerned if you're an Eagles fan. I just think defensively. I I don't know if it's the – Play calling from a defensive standpoint from the coordinator and Schwartz, is it the lack of talent? They they still, for some reason, have refused over the years to address the linebacker spot. You know, the secondary is looking shaky and iffy here and there. You look at the third down play where the Steelers put the game away uh, last week. I mean, listen, everyone looks at Lamar Jackson, and they think he, he just does it with his feet. But the Ravens can come in. They can rush the football. They average about four and a half at times per carry with their backs. Jackson extends to play with his legs, so you're going to have potential breakdowns there. And, and to, it's like every other week, Johnny Mack. It's okay. It's the offense this week. Now all of a sudden, it's the defense. Now it's defensive coordinator. Now it's Doug's not calling the right plays. I mean, it, it's 
it's a recipe for disaster. And you start off by saying, well, they've got the Giants-Dallas sandwich in between the Giants. If they lose this and drop to 1-4-1, one, and one, they reel off three straight. Now they're 4-4-1. Four, four, they're, they're, in my estimation, if they do it ugly, they're still where they're at. They're not trending up, is my point. I don't see anything from this team that makes me believe or will allow me to believe that they're going to go on and have a successful season. That might be winning six or seven games this year in the NFCs, which potentially could be <laughs> yeah. enough. Well, that and it depends what your expectations are. I've kind of recalibrated. So my only expectation is... Go out and win that NFC East by hook or by crook. If you're talking about is this team going to turn it around and be a significant contender once the playoffs start, if they get there, no way. There's not enough talent here. And you don't think Dallas even losing Dak, I know it's a downgrade, but Andy Dalton is a veteran quarterback. I mean, he can just weather the storm. Oh, I agree they with still that. Have to, they still have to beat yeah. up on teams in the NFC East, too. Oh, no question. I, I still think Dallas is the favorite. I, I still think they have the most talent in this division. And as you mentioned, Andy Dalton, not great shakes, no, by no, but he knows how to play. He understands how to play. He started a lot of games in this league. Exactly really what you want out of your backup quarterback, a veteran guy who can keep you in a game and hopefully you can go win it in the fourth quarter. That's what I think the Dallas Cowboys formula is, and I think everybody is recalibrating in this division. You're New York Giants. They're recalibrating. You know, get that first win. Uh, get some positive momentum building up. Everybody, uh, the Washington football team has shifted gears from Dwayne Haskins. It looks like, you know, can Alex Smith get healthy? Can he be what he once was? If, if Alex Smith can be Alex Smith pre-injury, we might be talking about the Washington football team as the favorites in, in this division two months down the line. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, Rich, but that's how bad this division is. Everybody's looking for something to hold on to. <laughs> right, and again, it's scoreboard watching. Yeah. I mean, in essence, that's, that's what it is week to week out. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I think this Eagles team, what, what's troubling to me is the fact that, once again, the offensive line allowed five sacks, albeit Pittsburgh's a very good defense. Baltimore has a very good secondary. Oh, they can tremendous. get to the Yeah, they, they're one of the best in the league, so I think Carson Wentz and the wide receivers are going to have their work cut out for them tomorrow. But conversely, what was also alarming, defensively, they only got to Ben one time. And Ben's not, last time I checked, he's not an elusive quarterback like Mark Jackson. Is it the lack of talent on the defensive side of the football, or is it the coaching and the play calling and lack of execution? I think it's always in this league uh, a lack of execution. People don't like to hear that because they want to blame Jim Swartz. They want to blame the coach. They want to blame that. I mean, if you look at – and you bring up a point. I, I think people – like Ben Roethlisberger, you're right. He can't uh, – he's not a mobile quarterback, and people think, okay, you should be able to sack him. Well, what he does do, he gets the ball out in two and a half seconds. Whereas a guy like – Lamar Jackson, even more so with Deshaun Watson in Houston, they're always holding on to the football, and you have these huge sack numbers when you play quarterbacks like that. So that that kind of stuff to me is ancillary. But you look at the final play, because everybody lost their mind, which Nate Gary on Chase Claypool, and they're saying, how can Jim Swartz do that? Rich, let me tell you. 
at some at some point, you got to tip your cap to the other quarterback for making a play, yes. making the right read. It, ben Roethlisberger comes up; they got a completely different play call. He sees what's going on. He's expecting empty set. He's expecting blitz, man to man defense. Eagles are in. It looks like cover two. They were really in quarters. So Ben Roethlisberger sees this. He's got 15 seconds to tell three receivers exactly what to do. One of them's a rookie. And you have people saying, oh, Nate Gary's on Chase Claypool. Call timeout. That's exactly the situation. That's the that's that's matchup you wanted because you got a veteran linebacker on a rookie. Well, not only that, but it's the bigger point is that's the exact situation you want the quarterback in. You, most quarterbacks cannot impart that information in 15 seconds. You don't want to call timeout no. and bail them out. Ben Roethlisberger got it done. And he's also a 15, 16 year yes, old vet, yes. as opposed to a first or second year quarterback. That you're right. Maybe he would have to slow down and, and okay, wait. This maybe is, this they is would have we to were. call timeout. Sure. Yeah. So and, and people are saying, oh, oh, Nate Gary, Nate Gary, just call timeout. That's not how it works. Because people. it's easy to pick on the players, yeah. and as you said, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's just the wrong way to look at it. And, and everybody from from after the game throughout the week, everybody. And this is why you can tell because let's face it, coaches lie. There's coach speak, but everybody said players, coaches. Look, Ben just figured it out. And ben, it's it's pretty amazing that you get rookie players who had never been in that situation to understand and communicate that information on field. In 15 seconds. He was able to do it. Yeah, and a lot of times, like you said, the players are going to go to bat for Jim Schwartz. I mean, conversely, you look what's going on in New York with Greg Williams where he basically takes a veiled shot at the offense, the quarterback, and, and really the, the, the head coach. Now, I, I also think you mentioned moral victories, so to speak. I, I can't believe you're even talking about moral <laughs> victories because it, it doesn't win your ball games. But if this thing really gets out of hand and say they get blown out tomorrow – and it's not competitive. First of all, the one. Well, let me ask you this before we hit the break. The one thing that has stood out with it, it seems as though this is a recurrent theme over the last several years. Why in the world does this team come out of the gate slow as molasses? They're down ten nothing, seventeen nothing, fourteen to three. Because even if you go up fourteen to nothing against Baltimore, they're, they're not going to change their offense. But wh- why? Where's the sense of urgency with this team and this offense? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Even if you go back, it's been really a a long-term problem starting games quickly for the Eagles, and uh, they've tried everything. And one of the things is tempo. I think it it works with Carson Wentz. I think speeding him up uh, gets his juices flowing, for lack of a better term, a little bit more quickly. The Eagles have tried this. if, If anything, they've been a little bit better this year than last year. I think Pittsburgh was a much better team, and once it's 31-14, I, again, I, I'll use this term for lack of a better one, moral victory. I thought they hung in. I thought they battled. And they were a 57-yard field goal that just missed away from taking the lead in that game. I think that's pretty impressive. Same thing with Baltimore this week. Baltimore's just a much better football team. So if Baltimore brings its A game, in plays like it normally does, this is not going to be close. Uh, but everybody goes to that trademark Doug Peterson game. 
And, and no, 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 no. They, well, got exactly. that, they got that out of the way two weeks ago. And plus, Nick <laughs> Mullins isn't the quarterback. The MVP <laughs> of the NFL is the quarterback right. this week. The number one scoring defense in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, I, I think 18 straight games, Baltimore has forced a turnover, which is by far yeah. leading the NFL against a team that always turns it over. Yeah. And Marlon Humphrey, Doug Peterson made a big deal – Remember Charles Tillman punching the football out? That's what that's what Marlon Humphrey does. And you have all these young receivers, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, John Hightower. Great point. Got to be wary of that. I see you wearing your Ravens colors today. No, Super Bowl 52. <laughs> are those Minnesota colors? They look those like, are Min- all right, Vikings colors. Those all right. are Minnesota. 12, <laughs> 12 past, he's feisty this morning. 12 past <laughs> 10 o'clock hour, a uh, Saturday edition of Extending to Play with Johnny Mack inside the friendly confines of the AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio Studios. What do we got lined up for today, my friend? Uh, we got Ed Kratz, my buddy from Sports Illustrated, coming back. And Ed's one of the best that covers the Eagles. So we're going to break down the best breakdown of the Eagles and Ravens. Uh, you get in the Delaware Valley. That's what we do each and every week on extending the play. And Lamar Jackson, number one scoring defense. This is a big hurdle. We're going to break down why next on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates. South Jersey's best. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. 
Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. Sports are back, baby, and it's time to get those jerseys, those youth jerseys, those youth trophies, logos, everything you need to get that sports league up and running. So who do you call? There's only one place to call. It's Keystone Recognition. Over 40 years of servicing Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester, and South Jersey counties. Promotional items, logo clothing, retirement plaques. They do it all, and they do it safely. Think of Keystone Recognition for your PPE needs. That's masks, hand sanitizers, and more. Keystone Recognition provides non-contact pickup and delivery. So give Jeremy and Johnny a call. 215-464-9900 or check them out online at Keystone Recognition. Live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, this is Extending the Play with John McMullen. Presented by Prop Swap. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, your host, John McMullen. Welcome back. Saturday edition of Extending the Play from the Prop Swap Studios here at AM 1490. Sports betting radio. Uh, we're going to talk Eagles Ravens with the yin to my yang or the yang to my yin, whatever you want to say it. My buddy Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated Eagles Maven. Welcome back to the program, Ed. Good to be back, Johnny Mac. Thanks. Hey, Ed, I, I mean, this is a obviously, I think, a really difficult matchup for the Eagles from a, a talent perspective, but. Before we get into the Ravens, and we'll hold you after the break, we got to start with the Eagles, and we got to start with the fact that uh, a little bit rare, I think, Doug Peterson uh, in the Eagles ruled seven players out on a Friday. Uh, I think the the biggest one would probably be Lane Johnson. But to start, I want to focus on the receivers, and Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are out again. And is that a positive or a negative at this point? <laughs> um, well, I, uh, that to me was the biggest surprise, that they rolled Deshaun Jackson out completely. I thought after hearing Doug talk on Friday, he seemed sort of optimistic and hopeful that Deshaun would have uh, a role on Sunday. Um, and, and not to list him as questionable, I thought was a surprise. Uh, but as far as being a positive or a negative, I, I think it's a I think it's that's a tough question. I would say it's a, a negative, and only in the fact that I think Deshaun can help this team when he's healthy. Um, that, of course, is a big if. I know, you know, people want to play the young receivers, and they want to see more of Travis Fulgham and, you know, uh, Greg Ward, obviously, and, uh, you know, whoever else they're running out there. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I don't know, maybe people are tired of seeing him, but uh, I think having Deshaun out is a negative. I think even though he is out or he's not healthy, I think he could give something to this team um, in terms of you know taking some of the attention away from maybe Zach Ertz in the middle of the field or you know Miles Sanders or Boston Scott in the screen game um, because you have to respect Deshaun Jackson. I know John Hightower has some speed, but he's not the proven commodity that Jackson is. So 
I think you could play Jackson and still get these young receivers work. Alshon Jeffrey, I'm not too sold on. I'm not sure what he even has left at this point uh, or how interested he seems to be in playing. Um, so I don't even count him as being a factor at this point. But I think Deshaun not, not being available is a negative. Well, now, Ed, and here's, here's how I want to uh, uh, frame this to you and give me your thoughts. And the fact that if you listen to Doug Peterson, and let's be honest, I mean, uh, I'm not trying to criticize Doug because part of it is just coach speak. But when he talks about somebody like Lane Johnson, for instance, who, who tends to fight through injuries, and certainly when he has been out there this season, uh, he hasn't been 100%. And you'll hear Doug say, well, nobody's going to be 100% because he understands this player's going to try to fight through. When you talk about Deshaun, he's got to be 100%. And where is the value? At 33 years old, and you kind of know there's no chance Deshaun Jackson is back in 2021 at this point. Where is the value of having him on the field versus getting reps for John Hightower, even Quez Watkins, and certainly, Ed, certainly when Jalen Rager is back, probably after the bye from his thumb injury? Right. Well, you know, I think you're still in the business of winning games, and I think a healthy Deshaun gives you that. And, you know, we have seen Hightower get his reps. I mean, he has gotten time. You know, you could make the case for Quez. Uh, you know, he only played five snaps in his return to the field after being activated from IR. Um, but I, I think you could find snaps enough for everyone, especially if you, you know, limit the Sean Jackson's uh, snaps because he might not be 100%. That's kind of why I thought they'd bring him back is, uh, you know, maybe give him a 10 to 15 snap run, uh, and then you're still getting, you know, the, the high tower snaps, the Watkins snaps, the Ward and Fulgham snaps uh too so uh you know i just think that if you bring him back you're not going to play him 50 snaps in the game i think you're going to bring him back in a limited uh fashion uh and try to get him through the season because i think even at you know a 12 to 15 snap count for deshaun he can be effective and he can help you win games whether he's catching it or you know taking some of the attention away from some of the other receivers like i mentioned and and then you mentioned lane i mean lane you know we knew earlier in the week i was told earlier in the week they were going to uh, probably shut him down for Sunday. I mean, that was not a surprise to me. And, you know, Doug never wanted to concede that. Um, but it was clear to me and what I was told earlier in the week that he needed to rest the ankle. Uh, and it's probably going to be this game and Thursday night's game against the Giants. So I was a little surprised, you know, even with the go- coach speak, Doug did that little dance with us as far as Lane goes because he needs the rest. And I was told he needs the rest and he wasn't going to play. And, and I knew it. But Doug wouldn't let us know it. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of the Eagles. We know it, and they think John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens don't know it. I, I don't know, <laughs> but they're big on that competitive advantage card. I, I agree with you. And we're talking with Ed Kratz from uh, Sports Illustrated, Eagles Maven. And you can follow Ed on Twitter. Follow him at uh, K-R-A-C-Z-E, uh, his Twitter handle. Uh, But, Ed, uh, you know, I talk about that offensive line and what we're in game six now. This will be week six against the Baltimore Ravens. This will be the sixth different group that Jeff Stoutland has to trot out there. And basically we're at the stage where it's, you know, Jason Kelsey and 
everything else that Stoutland found at the Novacare Complex utility drawer. That's where we're at. Jordan Mylata, <laughs> Nate Herbig, Jamon Brown, Jamon Brown, and Jack Driscoll. Uh, how do you deal? I, I, I mean, we've criticized Carson Wentz a lot for his mechanical issues and this offense as a whole, but this is the number one ranked scoring defense in the NFL. And that's the offensive line you're you're rolling out there. How much can we expect from this offense this week? Yeah, I like your turn of phrase there with what Jeff Statlin found in the utility drawer. And I saw you put that in an article for uh, SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles. Uh, I loved it. It's a great line because it's true. And, you know, and if you had to pick an MVP of the season for the Eagles right now, I think it would be Jeff Statlin. Um, just because of what he has, you know, the adversity that his line has faced. And uh, it, it, it's still so hard to believe or wrap your head around the fact that your starting line has Jordan Milata, Nate Herbig, Javon Brown, or Javon Brown, and Jack Driscoll, you know, with Jason Kelsey, the stalwart. I mean, that, that's just, it's hard to believe. You know, I asked Driscoll about that earlier in the week if he's ever seen anything like it. And he said it's really just been a roller coaster you know, with the injuries and so much unknown. Um, but I think shutting Lane down, at least for, you know, these the next two games is, is good because I think, you know, even Driscoll will tell you that he prepares as a starter, but I just think it's good to get out there and get those reps with the first team during the week, all the reps with the first team and not split them and, and know that, yeah, I'm going to line up as the starter. You know, Driscoll really hasn't had that benefit because in the opener he didn't learn he was going to be the starting tackle for Johnson until about two hours before kickoff. Um, and then each of the games since then, he has come in cold when Lane Johnson hasn't been able to uh, finish a game or got hurt halfway through and then returned. So I think this benefits not only Lane Johnson to get him some rest, but also Jack Triscoll to prepare with all the starting reps at right tackle. Uh, we're talking with Ed uh, Kratz from Sports Illustrated Eagles Maven on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Ed, uh, you know, we got an opportunity uh, to talk to uh, Rich Scangarella yesterday via Zoom. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting because I don't want to say, I don't want to use the term excuse, but he really did bring up the lack of an offseason uh, and really the lack of practice time as far as trying to implement these intricacies that he was supposed to bring to this offense with the play-action game. And uh, I, I haven't seen that mind meld yet where you do see it with the top tier. You know, when the 49ers are healthy, you see what they're able to accomplish with Kyle Shanahan's system, Gary Kubiak, when uh, – his old teams or, or the Vikings now are going well. Uh, he's that type of coach as well. I haven't seen much of that from the Eagles, and, and I wanted to kind of pick your brain. Is it is it the quarterback? Is it the lack of mechanics? Is it Miles Sanders? I think we're skipping steps. I often use that term. He's often not in the right place as a pass receiver. Very talented player, or is it the chemistry with the young wide receivers? Uh, I, if there, if there's something, if I force you to pick one of those things, what do you think the biggest issue has been? 
Well, you know, it's, it's funny how at the beginning of the season we all thought the big advantage for the Eagles was the, you know, the stability that Doug Peterson brought being here in his fifth year now and many of the same staff members back. And now, you know, I know he brought in Rich, Scangarello, and some others, but um, I, I do think that if I had to pick one, I think it is the chemistry um, with the receiving core. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz has thrown to 24 different wide receivers in the last two years. Um, you know, where's the chemistry being built there? It isn't, um, you know, I mean, Fulgham obviously, uh, was the big target last week and, you know, he made a couple catches the week before in San Francisco, but you know, those two Wentz and Fulgham have only really repped together for two or three weeks now. Um, so yeah, I think it is the chemistry. Um, maybe it wouldn't be so glaring if the Eagles had receivers that were carrying over from last year, but you know, we've seen that Deshaun and Alshon, they're not available. Greg Ward, to an extent, is, and we've seen him have his share of targets and catches, and, you know, he seems to turn up more often than not on third down. Um, but I just think it, it probably is a chemistry thing. And, you know, you mentioned Miles Sanders, and, and that's a concern, too, in the past game. I know Miles came on and talked about, you know, some of the excuses uh, he made about, you know, getting more attention. People know who he is now from last year, so he's getting chipped by a linebacker or a D-end knocking him off his pattern. Uh, we've heard too much of this. We hear it with Zach Ertz. Well, defenses are playing him uh, extra, extra tight now. Uh, and now we're hearing it from Sanders. I mean, listen, that, that's not an excuse. You're a coaching staff. You have to find a way to get these guys open and get them to make plays for you. They're your playmakers. Um, so whether that falls on Doug or Rich or, you know, there's no chemistry between the coaches even, because of the you know the Zoom and the virtual stuff in the offseason, maybe that's it. I, I think it all does come back to chemistry, though, John. You know, that's a smart point, Ed. We, we have seen, I, I think, too many, and, and it's stretched now from players to the coaching staff, where I, I'm sorry, but they are giving us excuses at this point. And at some point, as you mentioned, uh, this was supposed to be a strength of this team, the continuity uh, but before we shift gears after the break, I do want to get in real quick about Travis Fulgham uh, because that was an amazing performance in Pittsburgh, and we were both there. Uh, I don't think either of us saw it coming. I don't think any anybody saw it coming because nobody knew anything about Travis Fulgham. But beyond the production, and I asked Doug Peterson this uh, during the week, Ed, I was amazed – at where he was lined up, all over the field. And you've seen the history of this team. Even when they had a veteran Golden Tate brought in, they, they were very slow in integrating him into the offense. And, and you see it with Jalen Rager. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about, okay, we'll, we'll teach him this spot before we move him around. What about Travis Fulgham? Does the Eagles say, you know what, we're just going to move this guy around all over the place, and it works? Yeah, and that, that's the amazing thing is he, he understood what he needed to do no matter where he lined up. And, you know, you think back like they tried to, you know, force-feed J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to different positions, and everybody seems to struggle with learning all three spots. And not Travis Fulgham, I don't know. It must be that old Dominion education, I guess, because <laughs> he seemed to pick it up just fine. And uh, you mentioned that performance in Pittsburgh, and it, you know we sat beside one another, you know six feet apart, of course, in the press box. But every time he caught a pass, we just kind of looked at each other and chuckled and said, "Fulgham," you know, it was 
it got to the point where it was beyond ridiculous that he kept flashing and making these plays. And, you know, yeah, he was open, good pass patterns, but he made some contested tough catches too. That one down the middle uh, where he went up and caught it, and it was a great throw from Carson um, during the game. I mean, he just went up and got it. With, you know, he was over, a defender was in front of him and two were collapsing on him. So, I mean, that was a great catch. There's no, you know, that there's no question about it. So, uh, can he continue it? Can he just sustain it? We'll see. I mean, there's film out on him now, of course. He's not going to catch anybody uh, off guard like maybe he did with the Steelers a little bit. Um, and then you look at the lack of weapons or, you know, this, this sudden they can't find a way to get Ertz open and Sanders can't find a way to get off the line and into his patterns because he's getting chipped. Um, you know, are they going to have that same success? On Sunday, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see if this is a jumping-off point or, uh, I hate to say it, was it a fluke? I don't think it was because I think he did make some catches. He ran some nice patterns. So I think this is a piece that, you know, now the Eagles, you know, were able to find and now they can begin to develop over these next 11 games. All right, Ed, I want you to hold on through the break. We are going to talk about this week in the Baltimore Ravens, even with Green Bay, Seattle on the schedule later in the season. I think this is the most talented team the Eagles will face this year. We'll talk about that after the break with Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports Sports bets. Delval Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Mulebrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to Geico or going direct to Progressive we do not charge a fee. Let Dell Val Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Mulebrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. 
Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. What would you do with an extra $284,783 in retirement? Sure, it sounds too good to be true, but that's how much you can save in taxes during your retirement with your IRA and 401k, thanks to the defensive tax planning strategies from Thrive Financial Services. Of course, everyone's situation is different, but if you have an IRA or 401k, learn how much money you can save with a free IRA and 401k analysis. This free analysis can be done over the phone or video conference. Call to schedule your free analysis now at 215 215- 987-2450. Remember, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Call David and Karen Bazaar and Brett Elam of Thrive Financial Services to get your free IRA and 401k analysis. Call 215-987-2450. That's 215-987-2450 for Thrive Financial Services. Live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, this is Extending the Play with John McMullen. Presented by Prop Swap. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, your host, John McMullen. This is Extending the Play on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, and we're trying to do that. And it's probably apropos. Uh, we talk about it's extending the play with Lamar Jackson set to arrive to Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon. My buddy Ed Kratz will be there, Sports Illustrated Eagle Maven. Uh, Ed, Lamar Jackson is the MVP of this league. Hasn't been quite as explosive as last season. But, you know, one of the things when I was diving into this game, one of the things I was stunned at, is the Ravens' offense's productivity since he's taken over. This this is – they're riding the second longest streak of 20-plus points in NFL history, uh, tied with that greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams team. I had no idea how, how productive Greg Roman has made this Ravens team with Lamar Jackson. They They are so good – on so many levels, and it all starts with that running game. Yeah, um, you mentioned Greg Roman, too. I mean, you know, the South Jersey guy. I'm, I'm a little surprised he hasn't gotten a shot to be a head coach, uh, you know, given uh, given everything that he's done there in Baltimore uh, with with Jackson. I mean, but this you're right about the running game, and Jackson is an extension of that running game. You know, he'll uh, make plays with his legs, and you really have to be disciplined uh, in your, in your uh, rushes. Uh, you really have to keep him in the pocket. You can't let him get out. Um, but it all starts with him, I think, uh, you know, because he is the running quarterback that uh, we've seen. I mean, he had over 1,200 yards on the ground last year. I think he's got about 230 or so this year. Um, and then they hit you with Mark Ingram, who, you know, he's a powerful back, uh, shifty, hard to bring down. You really have to get a, a, a few tacklers to get to him to bring him down. Uh, and then they have 
uh, J.K. Dobbins, the rookie, who they're kind of working into the mix. And um, they use the true running back by committee approach that Doug Peterson loved for, you know, his first four years here and has really gotten away from, if you ask me. But uh, that's where it has to start, with stopping that running game. They're a top-five rushing offense. The Eagles haven't done a very good job in stopping the run. Um, of course, a lot of that trouble has been from other teams' wide receivers. Uh, you know, on the jet sweeps and the reverses and the misdirection that we saw from the Rams, and then the Steelers kind of duplicated that to an extent. Uh, and the Ravens can do that. You know, Greg Roman's smart enough to see, you know, what this defense is about, and it's an over-pursuing defense that doesn't play disciplined at all times. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them try to get Hollywood Brown uh, out in space, you know, and let him use his speed in some capacity, whether it's off a toss or a you know, a jet sweep or some kind of misdirection play. So uh, he's another runner that you're going to have to account for in this run game. But uh, the Eagles have to stop the run. It's, it's pretty simple. And to do that, you have to start with stopping, I think, Matt, uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Ed, uh, you bring up that term discipline. I think that was the theme this week. But we've heard that before. We heard that with the Rams. We heard that with the 49ers. And you mentioned the the troubles with misdirection. And then you add on to it the, the big touchdown, the final touchdown, the fifth touchdown of Chase Claypool because he had one called back in Pittsburgh. And everybody looked at Nate Gary and, and how overmatched he seemed on that play. And, and the linebackers as a whole, now we're talking Duke Riley, he's out. So it's Nate Gary, it's maybe Alex Singleton, maybe people get what they want with Sean Bradley. These are the guys. That is the second level you're going to try to say, okay, go stop Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman and that unique running attack. And remember, Ed, when the Eagles were looking for an offensive coordinator, who did they want to talk to early in the offseason? James Urban, Baltimore quarterback coach. Why? Because they wanted to integrate those running concepts is this is this a hurdle too large to overcome if Nate Gary is your best linebacker? <laughs> well, you could probably say that about every game this season uh, if Nate, Nate Gary's going to be out there because you know we've already seen him and you know a lot of it's scheme. You know they're just you know Jim Schwartz doesn't understand. I don't think how to use Nate Gary. I mean he can't really uh, do a whole lot. I mean he's really a glorified special teams player, if you ask me. Um, that whole linebacking crew, I think, really is. But, uh, you know, I think Will Parks might be back tomorrow, um, which will help, I think, because then you can move him into the box and uh, maybe use him as a spy or so on Lamar Jackson, maybe. Uh, but you can do some different things if Will Parks is available. And to my knowledge, I don't think he's been activated yet. No, he um, will be today. You're right, Ed. He's going he's gonna to be activated. He's going to be playing. And it's interesting because uh, Baltimore does that. They really have that, that five-man rush, and then they flood you with defensive backs. I, I think, at least I think that's the way Jim Schwartz might go with Will Parks available because you mentioned how versatile he is. Now, we haven't seen him yet. We've heard all this. Oh. Uh, he played a little bit in Denver, uh, but he wasn't a star. The Eagles got him on a cost-effective deal. But I do think it's it's at least something to 
to maybe grasp onto and and hope a little bit. <laughs> if yeah. I I don't know uh, any other way to look at this matchup. Yeah, I, and um, you know he's coming off of missing the first you know five weeks of the season. Uh, you know what's his physical conditioning going to be like? His fitness level, uh, football shape, all those things. I mean, how many snaps can he realistically play? And you know. John, when I look at who the Eagles make available during the week on Zoom, uh, it kind of gives me a little indication of maybe uh, a larger role, perhaps. And we saw Kayvon Wallace talk to us this week. And you wonder if there will be a larger role for him as well because you made a good point there with uh, them trying to contain with more D-backs and more more secondary players uh, to help out. And Kayvon Wallace could fit that bill. I could see perhaps him and Will Parks maybe splitting some time uh, while, you know, depending on Parks' fitness level. Um, But I think Kayvon Wallace will have a role here. He's a guy they brought along kind of slowly. He played quite a few snaps against the 49ers, went up against George Kittle, of course, and uh, did okay. You know, he missed a a pretty big tackle there uh, on one of the catches Kittle had. But I think he could be a factor in this game as well. And, um, but to me, it starts with the, the interior of the defensive line. Your three, you know, defensive tackles: Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and uh, Malik Jackson. That Baltimore offensive line on the interior, the center, and the two guards—they're not the, the strength of that line. The line is strong on the outside with their tackles, Stanley and Brown. Um, so if the Eagles can kind of control the middle of that line with their three stud D tackles and maybe get some pressure up the middle. And then, again, your ends are going to have to stay disciplined. They don't want Josh Sweat pinching down that, you know, too low. We've seen Josh Sweat, you know, give up the edge a couple times on some of this misdirection stuff. He needs to be more disciplined coming on his rush on the outside. He has to make sure he stays outside uh, to keep Jackson in that pocket while you hope the interior of that rush is getting in Jackson's face. I mean, that to me is really the key. To, to this game is, is putting that pressure up the middle on Jackson and then keeping uh, the ends disciplined enough where they maintain their, their, uh, their uh, you know, on the outside they stay true and they, they keep that edge and they don't try to duck inside and let Jackson get outside of them. Yeah, there's that word discipline again, and I think that is going to be uh, very big this week. And we're talking with Ed Kratz, uh, Sports Illustrated's Eagle Maven. Nobody does a better job. Uh, covering the Eagles than Ed. And before I get you out of here, we're going to get your prediction. But one last thing, Ed, this is another one of these weeks. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins. That was one of the people the Eagles were considering at number 53 overall when they picked Jalen Hurts. And then you talk about the Ravens' first-round pick. Patrick Queen had a breakout game last week, Uh, big play after big play after big play, and the Eagles could have taken a linebacker uh, how 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 bad is it going to be in Philadelphia if Queen or Dobbins have a big game against the Eagles? Well, listen, you know, the Eagles would have been – I mean, everybody wanted a wide receiver in the first round, I think. I mean, nobody wanted a linebacker, I don't believe, fan-wise. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I think if the Eagles would have taken Queen or even Kenneth Murray, um, I don't think it would have been a popular pick. I mean, it would have been popular now. It would have been popular now, Murray yeah, in hindsight are doing what they're doing and now we've seen Nate Gary get exposed but at the time the Eagles were taking a wide receiver you know from the get-go that was what they were doing and that's what they did so you know Queen you know not so much but Dobbins for sure I mean they 
when you look at the Eagles' run game, it's so reliant on Miles Sanders, which is a huge departure from Doug, Doug's approach in the past with that running back by committee approach, which we saw him win a Super Bowl with, uh, you know, in 2017. Uh, they don't have that now because they don't have the arsenal at that position. You know, Boston Scott's a nice change-up curveball type of guy. They're not using him in that role. Um, and Corey Clement doesn't look like the Corey Clement of three years ago. But J.K. Dobbins could have been that guy. He could have been that rookie and who, you know, comes in and starts to grow in his role and is a compliment to Miles Sanders. So, yeah, that's going to sting if J.K. Dobbins comes out uh, and, you know, has a 100-yard game or something crazy like that. Yeah, you don't take a luxury pick at number 53 overall when you need to furnish the house. That's where the Eagles are. But, uh, Ed, give us a score prediction Sunday, Eagles-Ravens. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm glad I picked the Ravens to score 20 points because I wasn't really aware of that stat that they've scored 20 or more, uh, you know, in all these games in a row. Uh, but I have the Eagles winning, and, and I, I just I think it's going to be like a 23-20 game. Wow. Uh, wow. And, and it, I know the Eagles are probably the biggest underdog they've been at home in this century. I think they're going to start at like a nine-and-a-half point underdog. But uh, – to me, I just I just have a hunch. I just like where this game comes on the schedule. I like some of the, way, the things they've done in these last two weeks. You know, they they put up 29 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers front with with weapons that you know, Travis Fulgham. I mean, that was it really. So uh, you know, Greg Ward did some things, but you know, this is an offense I think that can score points. And and, and I know the Ravens defense is good. I think having played the Steelers last week gives them a little bit of a. Uh, you know, an edge, too, because the defenses are somewhat similar. Uh, and I just think the Eagles will find ways to score points. I mean, I never thought they'd score 29 against Pittsburgh. Uh, I haven't scored 23. Uh, I have them winning. I think that line, you know, like I said earlier, Jeff Statlin's the MVP of this team right now, and he's going to have that line ready to play. I think it'll benefit Tristan. All right, Ed. I like it. Optimism. Our, our, our listeners aren't getting that from me, so I want to appreciate you for jumping on. So we got one expert saying the Eagles are going to beat the Ravens. Uh, follow Ed on Twitter, uh, at K-R-A-C-Z. Uh, read him at Sports Illustrated Eagles Maven. And we'll be back. For more extending the play, Eagles Intel with Rich Q on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. A smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com right now or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. 
go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. My name is Frank Halber, and I serve as president of Ask Me Local 1637. Every day, countless lives are devastated in our country at the hands of the opioid epidemic. Whether sparked by a pain-related work injury or other issues, many of those afflicted are family members, friends, and co-workers. It may even be you in desperate need of help. No one is immune to the effects of this terrible epidemic. If you or someone you know or love is suffering from addiction to opioids or other substances, don't wait another day to reach out to someone and seek help. I have personally felt the pain that this epidemic inflicts, and I beg of you to tell a friend, a family member, or a professional now and get the support you need like your life depends on it, because it does. Remember, it's not where you start the race that counts. It's that you finish that matters the most. My name is Frank Halber of Ask Me Local 1637. I'm a labor leader and organized labor cares. Live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, this is Extending the Play with John McMullen. Presented by Prop Swap. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, your host, John McMullen. We are back. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Uh, bringing this uh, edition of extending the play around the bend. And, and what that means is Eagles Intel every week. And I bring in my buddy Rich Q uh, back to the program to talk about this uh, Eagles team and where things are headed and maybe some things you don't hear every day in, in, in uh, the constant churn of Eagles news. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what this segment is about. Now I brought this up with Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated a little bit, but it involves the Eagles' senior offensive assistant, Rich Scantarella, who was the offensive coordinator in Denver, big Kyle Shanahan guy. He was brought in to, to marry those play-action concepts with with the passing game that Kyle Shanahan does so well, Rich. Hasn't worked. No. Hasn't worked no. at all. And there's a lot of issues. There's the mechanics of the quarterback. I mentioned Miles Sanders. People don't realize a lot of criticism about him and the positioning as a receiver. When you're an outlet receiver, Rich, you got to be in the right position because the quarterback is going through progression, and he's looking for receivers down the field. And if that's not open, then you you go to the running back, and he's got to be where he's supposed to be. Too often that's not the case with Miles Sanders. And then the young receivers. So there's a lot of moving parts and it hasn't worked to this point. That's an excellent, excellent point. And then conversely with these quarterbacks, and I don't care whether it's Tom Brady, Montana, or Carson Wentz. I mean, you know this from coming to the league as long as you have. And, you know, when you're the quarterback, your eyes have to be down the field over the ends and the linemen, not on eye oh, yeah. level with them. And I go back and I watch some of these plays and some of these breakdowns with Carson Wentz, and you also see he's not looking down the field culmination of young wide receivers now how much of this do you trivia offensive struggles how much would a Deshaun Jackson and an Alshon Jeffrey their presence really help this offense well I think it would have but I'm at the point where so what I mean I'm kind of I'm 
I'm right with you. Yeah, I, I mean, they're veteran players. At the bare minimum, they'd be in the right spot. I just talked about that's very important, running your routes as a receiver. I, I mentioned it with Miles, but as an outside receiver, I mean, you look at the great route runners, and you look at a an Amari Cooper in this division. Great route runner. Uh, a Stephon Diggs, who is, is among the best. Yes. You know, Minnesota, Adam Thielen, they used to have two of them which was almost unfair. But those guys, they're always open because they're, they're, they, they run the routes perfectly. They're on time. They're out of their breaks. They're not rounding their cuts. Everything's so sharp. And I think that's the most underrated part. Everybody talks about athleticism with receivers. I'll tell you what. If you can reach that NFL level, there's no doubt. You've got to be a great athlete to be an NFL receiver. But if you reach that level and you can run routes, you're going to be really, really good. And, and that's what you see. And the Eagles don't necessarily have that. So Deshaun and Alshon would have helped, but they're not going to play. No. And you, I've, I've heard you say well, this Deshaun. for years, the availability. Your yeah. availability. You know, Falcom had a great breakout game, 10 for 152 and a touchdown. If he doesn't get it tomorrow, let's not panic. At no, least you have no. something to work with with some of these younger players. See, the comparison, oh, you should have got – those dogs aren't going to hunt. That, uh, that, you can't ring the bell. That's over with. Now I think going forward, the GM's got to be in position to realize, okay, my quarterback – Five, six. Now it'll be you know six, seven years, and I I need to get him, surround him with weapons, clean up the offensive line. These are things in the off season that I'm already yeah, starting you to can't, think about. There's you not can't, much you can you do. You can't do it. You got to play yeah. w- what hand you've been dealt. But Johnny Mac, I don't like him in a spot tomorrow. I think it's a bad spot. Lamar Jackson's coming off his worst, one of his worst passing performances of his career. I think he's going to be motivated. And what scares me the most is the Baltimore Ravens running back by committee. They're averaging almost five, six yards yeah. a carry. And I can see won- them gashing for a buck fifty tomorrow. And remember, this is a team that wins on the road when the road when that meant something. They've won eight straight on the road, so that goes back to last season. I talked about the turnovers, the eighteen straight games, defense travels in this league, so to speak. Um, it always has, it always will. The Eagles, on the other hand, are very susceptible to turning the football over. I got to be honest. I I don't even think the Eagles cover a big spread. I I got Baltimore winning this by maybe two touchdowns. Thirty three twenty was my official prediction. I I don't think it's going to be the typical one score NFL game in the fourth quarter. And I'm with you. I thought Pittsburgh was going to trounce them, and it looked like it last week. I think this could be a twenty seven to thirteen type of game. But here's an alarming stat. We're five games into the 2020 season. Carson Wentz has already been sacked 19 times. Do the math. He's projected to be sacked well over 50 times, which would be the most in his short career. I mean, that's an attribute to a banged-up offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is a and, problem. And my point is you might have a Baltimore Ravens defense that feast on that tomorrow. Certainly will. I expect some turnovers, and hopefully, you know, that would be the positive to me from a Carson Wentz perspective. If you can somehow get through this game with a clean game, clean game. It's so bad when you I know. You're like, if it you could is. just show up at the stadium if on time, just, yeah. that would be great. You know, they won't close down 11th Street and South Philly because there's going to be some if fans there. If you guys there. don't hit traffic yes. tomorrow, it's a good day. It's a good day. And that's so you got some. <laughs> hey, Rich, you got some optimism from Ed Kratz, yep, my colleague yep, at Sports yep. Illustrated. You're not getting it nah, from me, or me this or week, me. or or Rich Q. But hey, 
Listen to Rich during the week here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Back your play. Uh, I'll be back on Monday with Ryan at 1030. I got a feeling it's going to be an overreaction Monday. It's not going to be a victory Monday. Um, And then we'll be back another Saturday. And that's when it really kicks in. We're going to get some optimism next week because it's the New York Giants. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the New York Giants again. The NFC East run, it's coming up. So think about that. If you're depressed, think about that. Uh, until next week, though, keep extending that play. There you have it, Johnny Mac. Outstanding job. 11 o'clock straight up on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. We'll see you back in the saddle next Saturday at 10. Don't forget, Brandon Sports is coming up top of the hour after the Sports Flash. And, of course, you'll hear from our guy, Brent. And then it's Brandon Sports on the Saturday. Keep a locked in AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.